Evan Lazar and Alex Barth with you this evening. We're going to take you through Mock Draft 3.0, a seven-round Patriots Mock Draft, all the way from the first round at 21 to, well, they don't have a seventh-round pick currently, but maybe they will by the end of the night. And we're going to take you pick by pick. We're going to break down all the options. We're going to probably talk about some things for way too long and debate things for way too long before we make the selection. And right before we get into this, because I want to get right into it, I cannot escape, and I respect everybody's opinion on the internet, Alex. I I respect everybody's drafts. I respect everybody's opinions. But the fact of the matter is, is I cannot escape this take that the Patriots should be looking at guard at 21. I just can't escape it. No matter where we go, Peter Schrager on NFL Network this morning posting his mock draft, which typically is a little bit different from everybody else's, but Schrager has been known to have some intel on what teams like. And a couple years ago with the Patriots, he nailed the Jawan Williams pick. I remember that a couple days before the draft. So he's not he's he's clued in a little bit right I'm not saying that he knows for a fact that they're going to take Zion Johnson but he is clued in a little bit onto what the league is doing Mark Daniels Providence Journal he published a mock draft today Zion Johnson at 21 I just read Phil Perry's uh, mock draft that had Bernard Raymond a tackle I can get a little bit more on board with that right the Patriots that's how they approach it Uh, From Matt Light to Nate Solder to Nate Solder to Isaiah Wynn, you have to keep that position stocked. And they want to pass that torch. Yeah, he doesn't want to guard either. No. Uh, You want to keep passing that torch at left tackle. I get that. That that one I can stomach a little bit more. But what I keep coming back to and why we will not be taking a guard tonight is the Buffalo Bills scored points on 19 possessions in a row against the Patriots in the last two games last season. The game in Foxborough and the wild card round game in Buffalo. 19 straight possessions. The fact that anybody could sell you on a guard being the answer to going toe-to-toe with Josh Allen is absolutely beyond me. I can hear both arguments. I can hear load up on defense, get faster, get younger, get more uh, new age on at the linebacker level. I can hear that argument. I can also hear the argument of draft Jamison Williams and just try to win a shootout, right? I can hear that argument too. The argument that I can hear, Alex, is that the guard helps you at all. Like I, that, That's the one that I just can't wrap my head around. And I'm going to continue to be anti-guard until we get to the draft and I, I hope tonight that you don't try to pay any jokes on me and, and take a guard at 21 behind my back All right. well because you did say on the last show that I was going to play you you pretty much picked our first round pick in each of the first two I it's That's ultimately true. your show and and you made the, like I gave my input you made the pick let's let's see what happens this time let's let's see yeah what we do. That, that's fair. So I, you, you did say I get to have I, more input I but, did and and I you can put that this take out there. You can pin it if you want. I, I I am telling you the Patriots can get serviceable guard play at later points in the draft. They don't need to use the 21st pick on a guard to protect Mac Jones. They can get guards later on in the draft that will keep him upright. I, I promise you. It, it, this is That's not so, the point, right? The point you, is that you can get right. the value later on in the draft. That's the point. But here's what I tell you, and I'll throw this – uh, disclaimer on this draft too, because I feel like people lose track of this fact. I think we lose track of this fact sometimes as we get into this thing. 
This is not what we would do if we were sitting in the chair. That's not what this exercise is. It's what do we think the Patriots would do based on historical tendencies and reports that are out there and all of that, right? What do we think the Patriots would do if they were in the situation we put ourselves in the way the board sets up? So you can cry all you want about not wanting guard at 21. I don't think it's the best pick either. Could I see them doing it? Absolutely. I think it's absolutely a possibility in reality. So that's what, just to clarify what you're saying here, like you don't like the pick and I agree with you, but it's absolutely a potential reality. It's absolutely something that that would be on the table. I think the fact that it's a potential reality is I can't stomach it. It's just absolutely baffling to me. And we did 20 minutes on how much it upsets you in the last show. We don't need to go oh back my down gosh. that road. It, it, no, we're going, we're pushing five already. It just, not only the fact that you need to have more top end talent on the team, but defensively, they're so far away from how they need to be built in terms of team speed, in terms of athleticism, in, in terms of the ability to be more flexible at the second level. They just have so much of a talent gap, I think, on that side of the ball that it just makes no sense to me. We can get into the mock draft. And no, I will not let this go. I won't let it go. If they take a guard, it's the wrong pick. I'm sorry. If you don't like it, go watch another show. Let's get into the no, mock don't do, don't do that. That's fine. We'll we'll make sure it's part of the, I'll make sure it's part of the conversation. Let's do this. All right, here we go. All right. So there's the setup. Uh same as same as last time. I just want to make sure yep, seven rounds fast. Yep. Okay. Uh we're not trading up. I think we both agree on that. Yes. Okay. So But like can we stop it at like 15 though? Just to like see what who's off the board. I just want to. All right, this this is realistically. No, this is realistically. I mean, here's the thing: the Eagles and Saints handpicked these four picks. They're not trading, right? They made that trade last week. They set themselves up in that position, and then I don't think the Chargers are going to trade. So, so you have to go up at least fourteen, which is pretty significant. Yeah, I, I don't think you're doing that in this in this climate right you you need the picks right. so wh- wh- where they're sitting at right now just scroll up a little bit more uh just so i can well, see I might the... well just finish these two picks right okay yeah i mean i assume quarterbacks are going to go in one of these two picks right i'm surprised nope. that that neither one of those are quarterbacks well, this seems to this be like this took malik willis at 16 okay all right all right so that is any pick before the other way around in reality but i could see that yeah sure okay so here we go we said we weren't going to trade down Right. We said we were going to make a pick here. The one. So there, there's some options here. I, I think you can, you can okay. make a pick here. this. Is, All right. This is the best board we've had. This so is far, easily. Yeah. Wyatt Penning Booth. The guards are still here. I mean, there's some other interesting names. Hill. This is the best board, which at the same time, is the best right. board we've had so far. Could we move down, accumulate assets and. Still no. get a guy we like. We're taking 21. We're taking a guy. I said it on Twitter. I, I We said it at the end of last show. We haven't, we've done the trade down route, right? We've shown right. what that picture could look like. So the Patriots pick here does feel like a tackle, right? It, it does feel like I just went over the Matt light to Nate Solder, the Nate Solder to Isaiah win that succession at left tackle. They have never been left without a left tackle. They've never been in a position where they're searching for a left tackle. Penning, I think is an interesting conversation because 
it, it could go one. And I would actually throw Raymond in this conversation too, just because of the level of competition. There are so few padded practices nowadays in the NFL. It's really just training camp. And then once you get into the season, that's it. Except for maybe one day a week, those one day a weeks, that's the, the guys that are playing on Sunday are the guys getting the reps in those padded practices. Right. Right. So trial by combat is kind of the new norm for linemen in the NFL guys that get red shirted. Yeah. Mental reps can be important. Yeah. Sitting in those meeting rooms, sitting in those film studies, those things can be important, but you're not getting any physical reps once you get into the season to improve. And especially in line play, that's an issue. So with penning, He's got some technique things that he needs to work out. He needs to get more flexible in his lower half. He needs to stop bending at the waist as much. And he's got some aggression issues, right? He's got to harness that aggression a little better. He's been leading the FBS in penalties for multiple seasons now. So I I feel like you got to play a guy like Penning to try to season him, to try to round him out as a prospect. Where are they playing him as a rookie? They're, they're not going to be, unless somebody gets hurt, unless Wynn or Trent Brown gets hurt, and we're not doing the Isaiah wins a guard thing. We're not doing that. Right. Where, where are they playing Penning? Because I, I, I do think looking at this board, the two guys that I think make the most sense at this point, just using my Bill Belichick Patriots hat, is Devontae Wyatt or Trevor Penning. Like the, the guys on the trenches feels like where they would probably go with a pick like this. See, I think this draft is so so deep on the defensive line. I don't think Penning, I, I don't think Wyatt would be the pick here. We see them do this all the time where it's a loaded draft and they, you know, somebody falls to them and they just move on because they know they can get the value. To me, it's Penning and Booth. Yeah. Penning for all the reasons you said, they're going to need a starting left tackle in a year. He's a year away. You know, we're way out right now, but next year's tackle class looks so, so if you don't have a top 10 pick, then again, Penning was, not on the radar last year. So who knows? But I think Penning is a logical pick. And I think Booth, because we know they met with them. Yeah. As much as we've talked about this positionless defense, they still don't have that big corner on the outside. And there's going to be matchups where they need that guy. And I don't, even if they are going to go positionless zone defense, I don't think that's a full-time switch, right? I think that's a one-year thing because of the circumstances and they're going to try to get back to press man as soon as they can. Booth would facilitate that, right? Yeah. So he doesn't have the reps in press man, or I should say the volume in press man that some of the other corners in the draft do, like uh, Kier Elam, for instance, from Florida, or Roger McCrary from Auburn. Those guys played a lot more press and volume in college, but the reps that I saw out of Andrew Booth in press man are really, really impressive. Fluid guy, really good footwork really good mirroring ability. He can go up and high point a ball down the field. He's an explosive athlete and he is a terrific zone corner. Like probably the best, he might be the best zone corner in the draft. I mean, the guy is extremely good in zone. He's also really good in zone match, right? So you play him in those match zones where he's matching it vertically. If he passes it off, if he runs underneath the defense, they did a lot of that at Clemson. The Patriots have not been a big Clemson prospect school right they don't really take a whole lot of guys under belichick they've had players from clemson but they've never drafted one under belichick yeah what i like about booth for them is that at clemson under venables uh brett venables now at oklahoma 
they run such a diverse and complex scheme that Booth is one of those guys that's very game plan oriented, right? Like if they wanted to play zone one week and then play man the next week, he's a guy that can do that sort of thing because Venables is so multiple in his packages and the way that they run things in that defense. He's got a lot of experience already doing those types of things. So I love Andrew Booth here. I don't know if the Patriots would go corner in the first round. They feel like a corner in the second round type of team, right? That's always their DB round is the right. second round. So here, here's what I'd say. Say two things that, because I think at this point, Wyatt, Wyatt's out. Some people have asked about Raymond. We both like Penning as a prospect better than Raymond. Yeah. That's why right. we're on. Like, if we're going to take a tackle here, it's Penning. Here's why I'd, I'd say corner, if we're going to put our Patriots hats on. First off, I would actually, and as much as I like Trevor Penning, and if, look, if they took him here, in this spot, I, it would be a fine pick. But between yeah. the two, everything you keep saying about them taking a guard, you know, they can develop these guys so well. There's talent further down the board. That's also true at tackle. Yeah, I agree. Right? And look, they've hit on UDFA corners. They certainly have. But their tackle record, their offensive line record's impeccable. The other thing I'd say about it, you said they don't feel like a first-round corner team. They really haven't done that under Bill. Look at their last two of their last three first rounds. Wide receiver, quarterback. It's a different era. Matt grows in the seat now, right? Last year, we kept saying they weren't going to take a quarterback because it was too obvious. And then they took Mac Jones after he fell to him. This feels very similar, right? They won't take a corner. They never take those kind of guys in the first round. But the, you yeah. know, Booth is the perfect fit, but it doesn't matter because that's not their guy. It's everything we said about Mac Jones last year, right? And now here we are in the same spot with Andrew Booth. So that's why I would say Andrew Booth, again, penning in this spot. Like, uh, let me just pull up the board again just so we can remind ourselves who's here. Again, I, they have they have Raymond higher. I like penning better. Penning would be a good Maybe. pick. I could get behind Wyatt. He wouldn't be my favorite pick. I could get yeah, behind him. I, I think Wyatt's interesting just because of the, the optics of pairing Christian Barmore with Devontae Wyatt for the next five to ten years yeah, is right. a lot of fun. But we can go get. We can go get three. We can right. go get um, Mathis. A Fidelian Mathis, thank you. Yeah. Right. I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. I, I, I could even consider Dax Hill here. I've said this a lot. I think getting Devin yeah. McCourty's replacement is important. Hill could be that guy. I think there's a number. This board actually worked out okay. Hill, remind, Hill is such a one of those guys that, just like Devin McCourty, they got safety depth in Devin McCourty's rookie season. So they played him at outside corner and then eventually moved him to safety. I could definitely see the same thing going on with Dax Hill, where as a rookie, he's playing corner because that's where they need him to play. But then once Devin McCourty retires and that free safety spot opens up, they eventually move him back to free safety and they get him in a spot where he probably hits his ceiling the fastest, right? Or is the right. best possible football player. I think, look, I said that you could make the pick. I was going to give you more power here. I, I like Andrew Booth Jr. here personally, I but I, I'm going to let you do it. The, the fact, I the Clemson thing would like kind of worry me because they never picked from that program, but the fact they yeah. had him in for top 30 visit, I know the combine meetings some, never really mean anything. He what did have an injury, I believe, right? He did have an injury. I think he Andrew had, like, Booth minor core surgery. He's expected to be back for camp. Yeah, that no, kind I'm of not saying that I'm, No, I'm not saying I'm concerned or they would be concerned, but sometimes these these 30 visits are to bring guys in to see how right. they're doing in their rehab and see how well, their health is if they had an injury. Right, but at the same time, you're not going to do that if you don't think there's a shot you pick them, right? And yeah. they may see that as 
you know, well, here's the value. He's going to fall to us. Because I this is a coin flip to me that he gets to 21. 50-50. I can see him being there. I can see him not, right? Um, that being said, Evan, I think we lock it in. Andrew Booth. Andrew Booth is yes. the pick at 21. Andrew, and it's a good pick. I like it. Andrew right. Booth Jr. from Clemson, the pick at 21. I want to take a second to shout out our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and odds. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Just join today. Learn why everyone is saying BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all the popular sports and games. Bet online where the game starts. So now I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I'm going to pause right here. That's fine. So who else went? So Penning went, Raymond went, Wyatt went, Elam went. So Dax Hill didn't go. What do you think about doubling up, like moving up and doubling up in the secondary? I think it's a little bit early to do that. I wouldn't mind doing it on day three with somebody that maybe has some like a, a Cordell flood or if Zion McCollum makes it to day three or something like that to have hedge your bets. Right. But to yeah. trade up and give up a bunch of capital to get it, go up and get another secondary player. You still need somebody in the front seven. You still ideally use a defensive lineman. We're still talking wide receiver, right? That's going to come again too at some point. I would like, I wouldn't do that this early. I, okay. I do like the idea of coming back to later though, if we can. So let's go to, well, so here's the other thing. Like we, I'm just going to let it run to 54 because we need capital. I don't think he went. Yeah. Did he, oh, he went with that. So they would, yeah. in theory, they wouldn't trade that to us anyway, because they would have known we were taking him. Right. Christian Harris okay. going and chat would go in the two picks, two out of the three picks before that, is tough. Yeah. And then pick, I still want to have the, the, the Pickens Watson conversation. Maybe it's not as realistic now after the Devonte Parker think, trade. There's one other. Yeah. Guy I, want to I think they would with. really like a guy like Pickens though. Right, I, I agree. Right there. If Sky yeah, Moore Sky makes Moore, 54, I love that pick right here. If I love Sky it. Moore too, but everybody is under the assumption that he's going maybe even late first, depending on how Kansas city has that wide receiver board stacked. So I don't think that he's making it anywhere close to 54. Let's take a look at the board. Let's, let's look by position. So wide receiver, I don't love any of these guys really. If I really like Alex Pierce, but I think now with Devontae Parker in the building, I'm not sure where Pierce fits into the equation there. Maybe next year, that would be a pick for next year. I don't know if we need to pick him at 54, but I just love the idea of John Mechie not needing to rush him back. You ease him in. You really are picking him for 2023 and beyond. Right. This maybe they can get him at at 85, and we don't need to pick him here. But that that's a fun situation, I think, for the Patriots. It's almost like an ideal situation at wide right. receiver, where it's such a great system fit, but you don't necessarily need to bring that guy in and have, have him be a Week One impact star. So let's let's go through some of the positions real quick here. We just kind of looked at wide receiver. I don't know that I love any of these tackles at 54. I think Sailor's an interesting no. player. I think Philly's yeah, Sailor, an interesting I would like player. To look at, at 85 if he's still there. Right. Um, on the interior, Parham, like we kind of know this group, right? Um, 
Defensive I look at tackle. Edge. Winfrey's an interesting pick too. here. At Edge, we've got uh, uh, Bear, Benito, Thomas. But here's the thing. All right, so it's loaded up at Edge, right past Gall. Winfrey's are both still on the board. I really like D'Angelo Malone, too. Um, yeah. Let me pull up yep. the pure linebackers here. Troy Anderson's interesting. It's a little early for here. It's a little early. Quay Walker's still on the board. This actually they don't like Quay me. Walker. What? The PFF simulator does not like Quay Walker. Well, that, they, the they PFF to... simulator's fault. It's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to have Quay Walker as like a late day, uh, day two guy, like a third round, solid third round pick. So I think there's multiple guys we like at multiple spots on the board. Yeah. Right. You're talking about Mechie too. I think it makes a ton of sense to trade down here. I think it makes a yeah, ton of re- sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we've really we, we've talked about trading down a ton at 21. We've never really right. talked about trading down here, which would be interesting. I don't know if you can get another top 100 pick for this pick. So that's let me pull up the uh, the trade chart here and, and and take a look. So let's say Tampa because you, you don't really trade in the division. 60 plus 91. That's 88 points plus 44. So. One call it like 120. This pick is 100. So we could do this. Uh, and 54, right? We're giving up 54. And 54, yeah. Sorry. And 54, yeah. Yeah. So we get 60 and 91 for 54 and 127. So basically you you improve 127, you move a little bit back on 54. Right, it's not terrible. You get you get it gets you a ne- that extra top one hundred that we've been looking for in the trade downs from twenty one. Right, that's the whole idea of trading right. down from twenty one is to get the extra top one hundred. It's a little bit of a different way of going about it. I don't hate it. I- I'm fine. I with just that. want to see the picks some of these other teams have. Like maybe we can add another Cincinnati sixty three nine five. They only have one. I think they only have one. The Ra- the Rams ha- uh, they don't have a top one hundred pick. So the only one. I- I look at 63 and 95. That's 82 points in 40. So that's the, that's the same thing. It's 120. It's essentially going to be the same trade. We could get we could get a seventh if we did this trade with the Bengals instead. We could get I'm, I'm all set with the seventh. I think You're I'd rather say I think I'd rather say top 60, right? I'd rather all get right, so that 60th pick. We're trading with Tampa again. Yes. Okay. This is the trade. We've traded back to 60 here in the second round with uh, quite a few guys. See, now Quay Walker goes at 57. So, right, Quay Walker and Cameron Thomas went. I like both of them. Okay. I I know it's a little bit early. I wouldn't hate taking Mechie here. Yeah, Mechie at 60 I don't think is that early. Uh, I think this is about where he's going to start to flirt with it, right, depending on what right, teams right. feel about the medicals and the knee. I still think you can get a linebacker. At 85 or 90, I, I I don't want to sleep on the need on the edge of the defense. I know that a lot of people yeah. want to see Josh Uche, want to see uh, Ronnie Perkins play that spot. Tuda out of the last three seasons, Kyle Van Noy has been a full-time player at that strong side edge position. That's a critical role. That's the that's the Ninkovich role. That's the Frable role. It became the KVN role, right? That that's a right. very very critical role in this defense. I don't think Josh Uche's got the playing strength for it. 
I don't think he can hold up strong side with the tight end and the in the combo block there, with the tight end and the tackle. I don't like the optics of that. I I haven't seen Ronnie Perkins do it. I think Ronnie Perkins got some more gray strength to him than Josh Uche, but we never seen him do it in on an NFL field. So that definitely remains to be seen. I don't know if any of these guys here make the most sense for it. Maybe a guy like Josh Pascal at 85. I don't know if we're going to get him at 85. So, so here, here's what I'd say to that. And I agree with you. Edge is a need. If Cameron Thomas fell and he went two picks before, right? If yes. Cameron Thomas fell, I think there's a really serious conversation you have at this point about Cameron Thomas. He yeah. he's a fit. If we're talking about yeah. what the Patriots would do, he is a fit. He's not here, but I look at this board, Nick Benito's still there. Um, Enig Bear, whose name I know I'm butchering, yeah. and I apologize, is still there. He's really good. like Pascal. I think he's he, kind of underrated in this conversation. He's an underrated like, prospect. You're yeah, because right. he, he's somebody that can play that hybrid role and has some edge-setting abilities. Benito's a really great rush linebacker, but he's Uche, right? He's the explosive right. edge rusher. He's not a guy that's going to take on a tight end and a tackle and hold up play side. That's not his game. He's Josh Uche. He's Chase Winovich. He's the guy that's going to pin his ears back and come off the corner. Kingsley's got a little bit more girth to him, and he's got a little bit more pop. I don't think that a lot of people know that much about him. I don't think he's yeah. a name that's been thrown out there a whole lot for the Patriots. I'm sure if we took him here, people would be like, who the heck is that guy? Right? Like, who are they taking? I also don't mind the the Mechie pick. I would like to – I don't know what the defensive line board looks like. We might be able to get a defensive lineman at 85, so we might be okay there. So that's the thing, yeah. And then D'Angelo Malone was still there too, who's, who's – Yeah, he's, he's yeah. Winfrey and Mathis are still there. So I watched – I was really watching well. uh, Brian Awesomewah, the, the Oklahoma linebacker today, and he's okay, like, you know, impressive guy. He's only 226 pounds. He's basically like Christian Harris, N'Kobe Dean in that right. mold. My God, does Perry on Winfrey flash? I mean, he's just all over the tape when you he's watch a Oklahoma. Really good player. He's fantastic. He, I don't think you can go wrong with that. And Senior Bowl MVP as well. So you know the Patriots are paying attention. I don't know if we're going to get him at 85. I, I think he might be gone already. Winfrey's not making it to 85. Right. But between Winfrey, I like Mathis. Yeah, I do. And by the way, those guys are listed as tackles. They can play on edge a little bit, I think. Against at least some defensive end. You're looking yeah. For. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. Between those two, Pascal, Malone, I think we can get one of them at 85. I really okay. do. All right. I, I I tend to agree with you. So I think the, the conversation comes down to at this point, are we going to take a guy like Mechie here? Right. I think it's or, Mechie or Troy Anderson. I think that's the conversation here. Yeah. Or a, a, maybe like a pure linebacker. Yeah. Uh I don't mind it. I, although I, I think that with the pure linebackers, I like Anderson, but like Darian Beavers at 91 is got some right. value to it. Right. Channing I, I think Tindall. yeah. Channing Tindall to get some more athleticism's got it. That's an interesting ring to it as well. The offensive linemen right now, I think we're, we can wait on those now to the middle rounds. I said, it was up to you. I'm, I'm leaving it up to you. I love Mechie here. I, I do. I want, I, honestly, I, I want to trade back again, but we don't, neither of the teams calling like, present that situation realistically we want to add future yeah. picks yeah no so, I'm, not, I'm not interested in the future picks right now i think it's mechie i think you do mac jones a huge favor here you draft john mechie it's a All little right. early but they're in a position right now where they can reach on him yeah okay i'm with you all right there it is john mechie 
And there goes like Winfrey, Benito. Yep, there yeah. go a bunch of them. All right, let's see who made it here. Let's see who made it here. So a tackle. Fedarian Mathis also went here. You almost yeah, beat. Okay, so finally the board got us back. But tackle, we we can wait a little bit. I'm I'm good yeah. waiting a tackle. I, I really like Zach Tom. I, I've been hyping up Sean Ryan a lot too. But Zach Tom's another one of those guys that's got really good athleticism, got some positional versatility to him. I think he's a really interesting like round four prospect as well to play left guard for the Pats. We do still need a a, a starting guard, like you just said. Yeah, um, we got. We have to remember that we don't have 127 anymore. So right. take, we got to take alignment with one of these two picks. Either 85 or 91, I think, has got to right. be an alignment. On the defensive line, I like Neil Farrell a lot as, as a nose tackle, but this is such a deep nose tackle class. D'Angelo Malone is still there. I do yeah. like D'Angelo Malone, Evan. I, I do. I don't know that he's he, going to exactly be that run defender you're looking for, but I think yeah, he's, he's a little bit finesse, right? He's not necessarily... We missed out on all the linebackers. So, well, there's still some depth guys here. I like Moon. I like Hansford. Hansford could maybe be the guy you're talking about much later. Scroll up a little. Yeah, Damon Clark is not playing this year, so we missed out on right. the day one impact linebackers. That that was that was the one. But you thing know that what? We Everybody's impact, impact receiver, impact receiver, impact receiver, impact receiver. There you go. There so we need right. if we didn't make that splash though at line at off ball linebacker, which I'm really fine with. We, I think we got to, in one, one of these picks got to be a lineman and one of these picks got to be a defensive lineman, right? We I gotta think, go I think we're, we're going in the trenches here. So yeah, you want, I, I, this whole board right now, we're picking again in six picks and the whole top of the board is offensive linemen. Yeah. If we lose Tom, like, like Fortner still here. Yeah. I think, I think Tom pick, right? Fortner, Ryan, I think all those guys are in a, in a, in a tier. Right. Even Ingram from LSU has got some off field stuff that you have to look into, but all those guys are level players. So whoever gets to 91, assuming that the board doesn't really screw us and they don't go all in the next five picks, I think that's fine. So I think we go, I think we go edge or defensive line here. Right. So that's what I was going to say. Are those four going to go in five picks? I'll, I'll take the risk, especially like I think Buffalo is drafting a lineman, yeah, I I, uh, I guess the Titans might. We didn't see what they did further up there. So if we're going defensive interior or edge, again, I really, really like Malone. I would go Malone or Farrell, I think. Yeah, so Majay Sanders is another interesting player. He was sick at the combine, I think was the story, and he lost a lot of weight. It just was a weird combine for him. But he's a really good edge rusher, too. Uh, Farrell, I know there's a lot of positive reviews from him and a senior bowl guy, somebody that scouts are high on. And Malone, I I used this comparison the other day, and and I know people are not going to like it, but he reminds me a lot of Derek Rivers coming out, but obviously without the knee and without the injury history and all that kind of stuff. Rivers didn't have an injury history in college, but you just hope that the injuries go better for a guy like D'Angelo Malone than they did for Derek Rivers. He's a little bit more of like a rush linebacker than what I think they truly need in that spot. But I, I think this might be a little bit early for Farrell. I'm surprised that Maja Sanders is. is this far down. Yeah, but he's also, if you want that run stopper, he's not going to be that guy, right? No, he's not, he doesn't have, he's not as girthy. I, I, I watched him early on in the process. I, I can go back and look at my notes real quick. He, he was somebody yet. I wrote down flashy, explosive, uh, speed off the edge, right? Not 
you're right. Not not one of like, those that's, guys that have power edge setter. At the very least, like obviously Farrell's not gonna play the role that Kyle Vinoy played. He's not completely different player, but he's going to you could play him at the end on early downs and he can help you set the end the edge on early downs against the run. Yeah. Which is I think is kind of what you're looking for. Yeah. It is. So I again I, I know it's probably a little early. I mean I just don't know where move, else to we, go here. We could try to we get move back, back like a handful of spots and pick up a day three pick. Yeah, we could try to bridge that gap between 91 and 158 that we made by trading 127, right? That that we could potentially try to do something like that. I mean, right there, 92 and 132 for 85. I don't mind picking back to back, right? I, I don't mind that. I, I don't mind that. All right, I don't mind this at all. I think of this the way that the board broke out at the play. Now we need to. We, we kind of took the luxury pick with Mechie, right? Like we we right. took the guy there. I think now we need to make sure that we hone in on the needs that they definitely need to fill, which are certainly another playmaker in the front seven and somebody to play left guard, right? You got to get two of those guys out of this. So I yeah. think trying to move back here a little bit to reset the board and get it a little bit more in our favor is not a terrible idea. It's so this, this would be the deal right here, by the way, just for everybody joining, we took Andrew Booth and John Mechie. Those were our first yeah. two picks. We traded down from 54 this trade. Yep. You like it. I like it. What? Go right, for let's it. see if those four linemen go in a row here. Yes. Let me resume. Uh Oh, there it is. Okay. So I think only one of them went, all right, so we did pass on Wandale, but we got John Mechie, so that's okay. Yes. Tariq Wallen, who I know people like, but we got Andrew Booth. So, like, if we'd gone lineman early, we would have had those options, and they're good right. options. But we took care of those needs early in the draft. It's just the way it shakes out. Kirby Joseph's an interesting pick, too. I don't think we're going safety here at this point. but He's a pure he's a center fit. fielder, which they might need a little bit of, uh, certainly with right. Devin McCourty getting long in the tooth. But McCourty does so many – other things other than just playing over the top right i think kirby joseph to me is like maybe a little bit of a better athlete than deron Harmon, but it's kind of more deron Harmon than devin mccourty right because mccourty can play right. down he can play corner uh, he can just play some different spots that i'm not 100 percent sure that a guy like kirby joseph is going to play i think that they're going right. to love a guy like fortner a lot He's listed as a center here, but I think he can play guard. And he's got that off-field character box check to the hundredth, right? I mean, team captain, leader, uh, workhorse in the gym, you know, just one of those guys that is loves football and loves to lead and people gravitate towards him. I would love Luke Fortner here. I think his long-term best position is probably at center. He's a little bit undersized for guard, but they like at left guard a little bit more of a high-end pass protector there, right? They don't want necessarily the bruising run blocker like they've had in Jack Mason on the right side. Zach Tom, I think his tape is kind of like a, an Isaiah Wynn coming out of college in a lot of ways. He has some of those traits to him. He's got some positional versatility. He's a little bit bigger, if I remember correctly, than somebody like Fortner, which might be better in this spot. They also drafted Justin Huron from Wake Forest. So they clearly like that program a little bit on the offensive line. Either one of those guys in this spot, I think, are good picks. 
I lead towards Tom just because I think that he's more of that tackle guard versatility type of player, whereas Fortner is more like center guard. And I think what they're looking for is more of a guy that can play inside or outside versus playing all three interior spots. So Tom's actually smaller than Fortner. I mean, it's, is it? I thought Fortner was like 295 but... or something like that. No, he's 307 at the combine. Interesting. So okay. and well, Ed, Ed Ingram is still there too, by the way. I tried to get him to, to show up here, but yeah, so Ed Ingram who's got that upfield flag. Um, I forget right, exactly what it is. I don't think we're missing anybody else. Marquise Hayes, maybe, but pick your starting guard here, Evan. Zach Tom. Who is it? Zach Tom. Zach Tom. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And there's that. All right. And we have the back-to-back picks, so we don't really have to. That's why I did it like that. I take the line, take the offensive side first, whatever. Um. Now let's go over to the defense side. And here's what we have. I I think it's between Malone or Farrell. I know it's probably a little bit of a reach for both. I think Malone right now, Malone was so productive in college. He had 17 tackles for loss last season. He had 20 tackles for loss two years ago. He just knows how to get in the backfield. I think you can sure him up as a run defender. He's big enough. It's a technique thing. He's not going to make that impact right away. Maybe you're looking for at the position, but in a year or two, I think he can be that guy. Farrell's 330-pound defensive lineman. He's going to come in on first yeah. and second down. He's going to stop the run. So it's yeah. kind of two different things. Patriots were at both pro days, for what it's worth. They were at both pro days, Western Kentucky and LSU. I could go I could go either way here. I, I, I feel We haven't taken the smaller school guy yet, right? We've got Clemson, Alabama. So we went Booth, and Wake, Mechie. ACC, right? Yeah. Booth, Mechie, Zach, Tom. So those are power five programs. Now the Patriots are going to sneak one smaller school prospect in there. D'Angelo Malone feels like it could be it. In that direction, it hasn't really worked out a ton with Uchi with Winovich they've tried to get this type of player clearly they see a fit and they see a role for those types of guys in the defense I don't love the idea of moving Matthew Judon over to the other side I think he is best as the backside edge as a, this basically the Leo the rush linebacker yeah. in their defense but at a necessity if they have to move him back over there He's certainly got the size and the play strength to be able to hold up on the edge, right? So it's not like he can't do it. It's just maybe not the best usage of his skill set. I, I I wouldn't touch I, him. I don't I, mind D'Angelo Miller. Let's just see who else is on the board. So Marcus Jones and Zion McCollum are both really interesting picks here. Marcus Jones, yeah, like Marcus Jones in college point, football. Yeah, Marcus Jones at this point is interesting for the the reasons that we took the pure outside corner and Andrew Booth, I think Marcus Jones is going to not, and then he's obviously going to contribute a ton in the kicking game. So he gives you a little bit more of that flexibility at that spot, whereas Booth is just going to play on the boundary, which is nothing wrong with that, but that's just where he's going to play. So if you want to double up at corner, at least with Marcus Jones and with Booth, you have two different styles of corner, certainly. Right. Two different types of corners. Marcus Jones is 5'8". Short short guy, short arms, small player. But there are guys in that mold. Uh, the one that I keep on thinking of when I see Marcus Jones' name is LaMarcus Joyner, who is around that size. So it's not totally out of the realm to be able to hold up in the NFL at that size. The other guy I'd say, Nick Cross. 
We talked about there's not a lot of true deep safeties in this class. Nick Cross, true deep safety, tremendous, tremendous athlete. I think he had the fastest 40 of all the safeties at the Combine. Patriots were at his pro day as well at at Maryland. Um, Yeah, I I, I could see. I You know what? The more I think about it here, there's more edge rushers down the board we like. Really good nose tackle class. They need help in the secondary. I see people saying Zion McCollum, too. We already picked the outside. We took an outside corner. Like he could factor in here too, but I could see, I actually like going secondary here and doubling up in the secondary, whether it's cross or Jones, they don't have depth. They have no depth in the secondary, especially a corner. They just need bodies. Right. So, I mean, Terrence Mitchell and Malcolm Butler are your depth right now, but I'd much rather take some depth. To Tyreek Woolen go, I I would take him here in a second. Yeah, he did. Okay. Well, he's an outside guy too, though. Right. But I'm saying there are like, still if we were going to take McCollum corners. at that point, I would take Woolen. There are some good corners still on this board too, though, right? Like you got guys like Flood, you got guys like Jalen Amore Davis from Joe, Alabama, yeah. Goodrich, Alante Taylor from Tennessee. I just I, like I, what, I like what Jones adds as a kick returner too. I, I they need that role. They need to check that box with Gunner gone. He, I think he can return punts too, as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but they've they've Jabril Peppers to at least return punts. Like he could, in Jabril theory. Pepper, yes. uh, yeah, they could at least throw those guys back there. I don't mind Marcus Jones. I, I think that's I, a good pick here. I I think he's the pick, and then we we look at 132 at what's there on the defensive line. I would agree with. Yeah, you. we got to go. We got to get into the front seven. We've kind of neglected the front seven a little bit right. here. So- that's where we're going with these next couple of picks. Well, you you all talked about it too, just real quick. You talked about it on the show on Tuesday, or we talked about it. Houston's one of those programs that schools that, that teams are going to like this year because they're coming off a run. So let's go, Marcus Jones, and then yes, let's let's get into the uh, let's see David Bell. By the way, at ninety four, Evan, I'm old enough to remember when he was a first round pick. All right, Bailey Zappi's the pick here. No, I'm kidding. All right, so. Good Here, let's, uh, let's re- Can we just recap real fast? Yeah. Do, you, yeah. Do you have the list? Excellent. Yes. So here we go. This is the draft so far. Andrew Booth, John Mechie, Zach Tom, Marcus Jones. We get the outside starting corner in round one. We get Max Boy, John Mechie in round two. Round three, Zach Tom, day one starting left guard, in my opinion. I, I think he can play right off shoot. Also play tackle, give you some tackle versatility in a pinch. But I think his movement skills out of the stance, his ability to play uh, both guard spots really in this Patriot system. I, I like that a lot. Zach Tom, there's your guard. Marcus Jones, slot corner, do-it-all corner, really good returner. Uh, I think that, that he's going to be a Patriot guy as well. And, and there's a, certainly somebody there I, I think that can be – multiple phases right uh so there we go and uh now we need to get into the defensive line i think but that's the summary of the draft booth mechie tom marcus jones so far yep that's our that's our top 100 and i feel good about that i feel good about that i do i think and it all feels realistic for them and i think that it 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 helps you all right let's um like you said let's get into the defensive line so again noah ellis ogbania uh, I think Marquand's still here. Like you still got yeah. defensive tackle options on the board. Sean Ridgeway. I, I think we can I want to take a defensive tackle. We have six picks left. Wait on defensive tackle. Linebacker at this point, I think we're waiting until day three. On the edge. Yes. 
Isaiah Thomas feels like a pick right here. It's a little bit of a reach, a little bit, but yeah, he's, he's got the build for it. Let me, I have it right here. Six, five, two sixty six. He's got the run stopping build, but he plays like a pass rusher. What that tells me is if you coach him up, you can turn him into a three down player. I know that sounds simple, but that's the way it works sometimes. Yeah. Mara Barno um, for Virginia tech is the combine pick here, right? He's the guy that had the great athletic testing, I don't know if I necessarily see the refinement that I see with Isaiah Thomas when I flash on the tape with him with Barno, right? I think yeah. Thomas is a little bit more technical. He, I know it's another OU edge rusher and it's going to be basically, Oh, he's Ronnie Perkins all over again. He's, he kind of is, but we're taking him like around later than when they took Ronnie Perkins. So we're basically hedging our bets there without one of Isaiah Thomas or Ronnie Perkins, one of those Sooners along with Uche is going to come out and be a player for the Patriots in the front seven next year. I I don't mind Isaiah Thomas here. I think he's got some of what they're looking for. Like I said, they got to find a guy that can set the edge of the defense for them. I I think he can more or less do that. So I I don't hate that here. So the one other thing I would say, if we think maybe he can get to 158, do any of these tackles wow you that you have to get him right now? No, I I know there's a a nice player, but yeah, there's a lot of love out there from the for the uh, other the the North Dakota tackle. Um, well, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go. He, but I really think that if you're in a pinch and you need a tackle based off the group that you have now, you got Anwenu, you got Tom, who I think can play tackle in a pinch. You got Justin Haran, who did okay at left tackle last year at times when he had to play. I think you got some tackle depth there. We didn't necessarily hit the future left tackle stud of the, you know, Trevor Pennings of the world, right? right? We didn't get to that in this draft. So they're going to have to look for that next year. Uh, But in terms of Isaiah Wynn or somebody like uh, Trent Brown goes down and they need a tackle, I think they got that guy on the roster already with Tom and uh, Tom and Onwenu and Heron. So I I think we're good at tackle. Dominic Robinson's another good edge rusher too. Uh, that could fit that what their needs are. So do you want to go back to Max Small School? Oh, I will point out we just missed Neil Farrell, which is interesting. Yeah. And I think they took Jordan Davis. So that's a weird glitch with the simulator. Huge up front. Very big. So um, where do you I want think to it's go Isaiah? This? I think it's Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas? Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. All right. Isaiah Thomas it is. And Not I, the Celtics, I, or the Knicks, nope, but shout out. So I think because we look here, like I would look. So here we go. Let's let's check the linebackers in because that's kind of the one position we haven't really addressed. I, I I don't love any of these guys here. I'll wait and take Moon or Landman or Hansford. This this I know that we might get some stuff, get some crap for the fact that we didn't get a linebacker earlier. But this just feels like how many times have we gone into the draft? And we have said the Patriots absolutely need to draft this position. And then they just don't draft it. Right. Exactly. Especially, I mean, they added, um, uh, why can't I think of his name from Cleveland? Mac Wilson. They added Mac with like, they may see that as their, their linebacker draft pick. They may see him. He's young. He's what? 26. Yeah, they, they added Mac Wilson. They added the real peppers for that hybrid linebacker role. You're probably going to play Bentley as the early down Mike, and then once you get into passing situations, I think they're going to want to be as as much dime as they possibly can be this year, right? You put those safeties out there, you be more flexible, you be faster. 
I, I, I could see that being the approach, but whether it's been wide receiver in the past, I mean, there's been so many examples where we said corner wide receiver. Uh, we've always been like, Oh, they're definitely going to take a guy at this position and they just don't take one. So this happens all right. the time. So can you, can you pull up the list real quick? I just want to see, yes. we have five picks left, including this one. And we've taken what five players. Uh, yes. Five. Five so the Patriots have taken 10 players in two of the last three drafts. They're averaging nine players per draft in the last 10 years. If you take out 2017, cause that year was fluky. 10 picks feels about right. I thought we were on pace for 12. I was going to think maybe we trade this pick and pick up future assets. 10. They're going to be at about nine or 10 picks. Yeah. That's, you know, the historical context tells us. So I just want to see where we were at. This currently feels about right. I will say Evan, I mean, are you feeling pretty good about the draft so far? I I, I think we got two guys, in Booth and Tom, who will play right away on offense and defense, right? Booth, yeah. I think, is going to be a day one outside corner for the Patriots. Tom, I think, is going to be a day one guard for the Pats. Marcus Jones will continue uh, contribute on special teams, and then Mechie is is the is the long right. run pick, right? So so yeah, yeah. Some some people in the chat are are ahead of where I'm going on this. Feels about right. Fifth round. Yes. Just outside of the 150. No. No, I know where you're going with this. Feels, a rise of feel right here, Evan. I guess we do need, we got to get the nose tackle or or some sort of defensive line. We can get a nose tackle later on. I'm not worried about that. So I think taking another tackle is big. I, we know we can go no I, at this point tackle. just to appease you. I, I just want you to pull up the running back board for a second. Oh, because wow, you really don't want to take a rise. <laughs> no, I really don't want to take a punter. Uh, no, this I, this I, feels but, like a, a decent spot for a running back too. The Patriots are going to take a running back. I just, they are, I, it drives me nuts, but they're going to take a running back. They got to take a running back, whether it's, an early down back like Haskins for the Damian Harris replacement or a James White replacement. That's an honest need. It's, it's definitely a need. We've already kind of hit as much as we can on the other needs that we have at this point. So running back is not a terrible idea here either. We're, we're also talking about the se- separation of 12 picks here from 158 and right. 170. So I guess it also just depends on – if we go punts or running back here, it's a little bit tough for me to stomach. I'm not going to lie. But if you – I know we're we try to project to, what they would do. We have to sneak a rise in here for one mock draft for you. I know. And this was the one I that know. I said that you were going to be in the driver's seat. So, Well, here's the thing. You said that about the early picks. And generally, you're more in the driver's seat early on. I'm more in the driver's seat later. So I figured that would kind of switch. Yeah, I love the idea of Haskins. I think you can get him at 170. I think he can. Yeah. And, and you if you don't – right. Sincere McCormick's another guy. I think another lineman here makes a ton of sense. I I do. I actually think – I think Cade Mays here. I think he's a guy they'd reach for. I think you had your bet, bets on Zach Tom as a potential starting guard. I, I was going to say that it, with one of those picks in the 200s was definitely going to be another offensive lineman. They're going to double up on the offensive lineman for sure. I would do it now. I, I think it's a need now. It's a need long term. I think they would push it. I think Cade Mays makes a ton of sense here. Okay, so if we take a lineman here, though, then we got to go defense running back. You're not getting your punter, is my point. So I know I'm not. Well, I'm not getting a rise. We might get a different one. No, you're not getting the punter. No, because what they're going to do, what they're going to do gonna is take the I'm going to get all punter. hyped about 
uh, Matt Arise and they're going to take uh, Carmada uh, from Georgia. So it's going to happen. Okay. We take I we take you. a lineman here. Haskins at one seventy. D tackle linebacker with those last two picks, and then we have a freebie if we find. We don't think so. I, I like Mays. We we took Mays in an earlier mock though. We've yeah. already taken him once. Cordell Volson. I don't know if we've taken him yet. He's we did. I think. Gonna, did we take him in the first one? I also I think so. I want to try to get a true guard, just in case. But Zach Tom is a true guard. He's a ta- didn't he play tackle last year? He played tackle, but he's going to be a guard in the league. I mean, I'm saying somebody who's played guard. I want to take somebody who's played guard. Okay, is that, I guess Zach Tom to me is like Joe Tooney, right? He played college tackle, okay. and we're moving him to guard. Okay. So, well, then, do uh, any of these tackles Wilson stand out to you in terms of upside? Wilson is the, the guy that I like. He's the one that's big, yeah. physical people moving right tackle, right? Trent Brown, Mike Onwenu, those guys are the guys that they've had over there. I think Volson's like 330. You know, he's a big, big boy, right? That that guy moves bodies off the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have the best range. He doesn't have the best footwork, but he's six foot six, 315 pounds. So yeah. that is a big human. And he's got power. He's got the ability to leverage. He's got all those types of things. So I, I think in terms of if they look at him at a right tackle spot, then I think that that definitely fits their right tackle mold and a guy like Cordell Volson. All right, Volson, you talked me into it. Then Volson's the pick, yeah? All right. Fifth round, Cordell, Volson. I like it. He's moved up but the board. A, a for what it's right? worth, the rise would have been a good pick there, for what it's worth. It, honestly, it would have. I'm not going to disagree with you. We we had already kind of missed the boat and backers, and yeah. you know, we're going late with the D tackles. It, it was it, At that point in the draft, we kind of were in a little bit of a luxury situation that we could have taken our eyes on. I'll give it so to you. So I think – you kind of talked about it before, and I said, let's wait a little bit. And I, you know, I don't know that Volson was going to fall here. Haskins gives you insurance for both Damian Harris. He's going to come NFL ready, gives you insurance for Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. If you want to move Ramondre Stevenson to more of an early down role, Haskins, oh, so he, can so Haskins a, made it to 170. Yeah. Yeah. Great pick here, I think. Yeah. Michigan guy, big battering ram running back. Damian Harris in a contract here. Look, I think they're more likely to pay him than a lot of running backs in the past. He's taken a leadership role in the team. He's clearly very close with Robert Kraft. I think there's a chance he sticks around. I don't think that they're going to bet on that and pass on taking a running back. I think. No, I think. I think that he's one of those guys, uh, Damian Harris, that people around the league, he might not get the attention that some of the other running backs do league wide. You know, he's not Derrick Henry. He's not Nick Chubb. He's not one of those guys, but smart general managers around the league are going to realize how good of a back Damian Harris is when he hits free agency next year. So I think that they're going to have to compete for him if they're going to want to keep him. He's going to be looking at, I think like a pretty decent contract, you know, running backs are tough to, to predict exactly what the contracts are going to be, but I think you're looking at a nice running back deal for a guy like Damian Harris. So Haskins, I watched a little bit of him. He's not electric, right? He's not a special runner with the football, but he gets what's blocked. He's like, to me, he's like kind of like a bigger Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, right? Like he's not, a, he, he's bigger than, than Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, if I am not mistaken. But you know, they, you know what he is? And they love this kind of back. He, he doesn't lose yards. 
Exactly. He's not going to gain a yard. Right. Cause he was never a guy right. that lost yards behind the line of scrimmage. He was always downhill. He was always getting into, into positive territory, but wasn't necessarily like Damon Harris or Mondre Stevenson right. where you're like, wow, that's a special runner. By the way, Haskins, 6'2", 228, put up 27 on the bench. Yeah, he's a he's big gonna, boy. Hassan Haskins is the kind of back that averages four yards a carry because he runs for four yards on every carry, right? Yeah. He's not going to run for 20 and then lose two and lose three and then run for 15 and then run for one. And but He's going to get you four yards every time he touches the football. They absolutely love that back. He went to Michigan. Yeah. He feels like – I already, he I like already read the name in the, on the sheet. Where I'd be right, so Hassan Haskins is plus. I don't had we done Michigan yet? I don't think so. We might do we we haven't taken Dax Hill yet, right? No, we didn't take him. Yeah. All right. All right. Marquand so, McCall is there. This is done. Yeah. I don't even need Yeah, to talk that's about easy. It. Let's Marquand McCall. I'll give the background. Marquand McCall, defensive yeah. tackle from Kentucky, two down, step in, you know, stop the run kind of guy. He's not gonna give you anything on third. Six two. He played last year. At 387 pounds. Yeah. He's taken weight more. off to try to, you know, just be able to play more and be healthier. He came into the combine at 344. That's probably going to be his NFL weight. If you want a guy to just sit in the middle of the field, neat blocks, Marquand's the guy. And if they're going to be smaller linebacker, yeah. they need that guy. There's a couple other guys like this in the draft. Noah Ellis is one. I saw some people uh, mentioning him in the chat. John Ridgway is another from Arkansas. Right. Uh, Those guys are good as well. I like McCall the best in terms of his pass rush upside. I'm not saying that he's going to be a big time pass rusher by any means, but he showed, was it the the Shrine Bowl that he was at, right? I think he was the player of the week at the Shrine Bowl. Yeah. He showed some, some get off. Like when you watch him on tape too at Kentucky, it's not he's not as slow out of the stance as you would expect when you're that big you don't really expect any type of first step explosiveness whatsoever with McCall he's got a little bit of it like the one shortcoming that I saw with him was length he doesn't have the longest arms or the longest upper body he's very uh you know he's, he's he's big below the waist right and that helps in terms of anchoring and being able to do those types of things but because he doesn't have the arm length, he doesn't have that ability to really press out and, and shed blocks and make impact plays. But he's got such a great ability to absorb contact. And having a guy like that will make it easier on the linebackers. It will make it easier for guys like Christian Barmore to just go ahead and, and get the football and not be so worried about gap integrity and holding right. the line of scrimmage. And when you play teams like Buffalo, you put McCall on the field on first down – and now when they're running all those RPOs and all those different types of uh, pass uh, run pass schemes, now you can probably stop the run with four or five guys and you can get guys in the passing lanes. You can contain Josh Allen. You know, that was, I think, such a big problem when they had last year was that Godshaw, Lawrence guy, they just were too soft up the middle of the defense and they couldn't stop the run with only five guys, right? And that was a big reason why Buffalo was just able to do whatever they wanted against them. So I think Marquand will call, uh, will give them that option to be a little bit more sturdy up the middle. So here's what I'd say about a couple of things you said about McCall. First off, the athleticism. When you learn how to do everything at 390 pounds, and then suddenly you weigh 340, you're going to feel pretty light on your feet. Yeah. There's been other instances of this in the NFL, or all sports, really. 
where guys lose weight and they suddenly become more athletic because they're just so used to it. The other thing about McCall, I'm trying to think how to put this lightly, the short arm thing. You may want to revisit that when he, he can get his arms a little further away from the edge of his body, if that makes sense. He measured yeah. at the combine with 33-inch arms. That's interesting. Yeah. He, he didn't play with that guy. I, I, I just pulled it up, and you're, yeah, he's above again, average. Because, again, like, Evan, think, think about how far he had to reach to get beyond his frame. That's fair. That's not necessary. It, it's not as much of the case now. He's lost 50 pounds, 40 pounds. He's also one of those guys, like you said, he's already lost weight. Once the Patriots throw him on the hills and then their strength and conditioning program, I think he's going to be in even better shape. They yeah. might actually – he said he's at around 340 right now. He weighed, what, 344 at the combine. 342. Yeah, down from 387. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have him play closer to 325, 330. I think that's exactly where Danny Shelton was a couple years ago is like 325. So I, I think that there's going to be some options there. Yeah, Marco McCall, great, right, great so pick here. We said we didn't need to explain it, and then we spent 10 minutes explaining it, but we both well, really like the player. Yeah. Another guy who's an interesting fit, more the athletic defensive tackle. I just want to highlight him. Talked about Michigan, Christopher Hinton. His dad was an all-pro offensive guard for the Colts. Just another name to know. That's why we're doing this as part of the game. So is Matt right, Arisa still on the board? Let's say he falls. And I don't think he gets this far at all. No, not gonna get this you far. know what? I'm not even going to – we're not taking him because it's not realistic at this point. It's not realistic. <laughs> uh, we're not going to do it. Um, we could go back and – so in uh, 20 – was that 2020 when they took on Wendy, yeah. right? On Wendy Horan. We could double dip on defensive linemen here. They they took that double dip on the offensive line in the sixth round. This would be a defensive line so, double dip. I don't hate the that. one thing I'd say, we still want to we still take a linebacker, right? I think Nate Landman here is a really good pick. I think Nate Landman, I think Jeremiah Moon's really interesting. Have you studied him yet? Not yet. I've done Landman and he's he's a lot faster to the football than what I think people give him credit for because he he looks at things really quickly like he processing processes the game very quickly so although he doesn't time fast he's one of those guys that's not he's not meant for the combine right you got to turn on the tape with nate landman he's also got the special teams box checked he's a leader captain at colorado uh he's somebody that i played a lot faster once i got into his tape study a little bit more than what I was expecting. But if you like Jeremiah moon too, I, I I've heard some things about him being an interesting player as well. So I, do you want to throw the board up too real quick? Cause people are asking about yes. who we have and haven't yeah. taken. Um, the, so here, here's what we'll do. Let, let me give you the background on all three of these guys. And then you can make the pick. You have a pretty good idea on, on, on Landman, but for everybody else, a multi-year yeah. captain at Colorado, 100 tackle guy in 2018 and 2019, tore his Achilles in 2020, came back, made 60 tackles last year in seven games. Um, 6'2", 230, surprisingly athletic. His coverage skills are pretty much based on football IQ. He's not going to, you know, cover in man, but he can do a decent job in zone. He can play sideline to sideline. He's kind of maxed out. He is what he is. He's going to be a rotational third down linebacker. He's going to play on special teams. He's going to be a solid contributor on special teams. He's going to be a leader in the locker room. That's Nate Landman. Jeremiah Moon from Florida didn't play a ton for the first three years as a pure edge guy. Last year, they had him splitting his time between outside and middle linebacker. He he showed some impressive abilities, a really good athlete. He's more of a chase down tackler than a play reader at this point, but that can obviously be learned. It's really the, the, the athleticism, the size, the versatility. 
and you're going to try to coach him up as a linebacker. Aaron Hansford, converted wide receiver. Actually went to AM as a wide receiver. He's played linebacker for three years. His game's pretty raw technically, but again, he's got good size. He's a good athlete. He just he, he can he can get eaten up at times in, in blocks and trying to tackle because he's he's still new to it. At this point, you're taking project players, so that makes you know the he kind of fits. He might have the highest upside of these three guys. I, I'd say it's a draw between him and Moon. Um, but he feels like their kind of guy. And they met with him. They met with him at the, I think twice. I believe they met with him twice at the senior bowl and at the uh, combine. So who do you like of those three? I guess. I like Landman. I do. I think that they tend to lean towards guys a little bit like Juwan Bentley, but I think maybe, you know, different from Bentley in in a lot of ways, but in terms of processing and mental makeup, I, I think they look at the linebacker position and think, still think that block anticipation processing those things I think they feel are still important right and more important than maybe some of the raw measurable stuff I think that that's why I lean towards Lambin in this group because the other two guys are better athletes right there they have more upside right. in terms of athleticism but I think the Patriots still feel like inside linebacker is a feel an instinct position that you still have to have some semblance of instincts and feel for the yeah. for the game there and if you don't have that then you can be that sideline to sideline athlete and it's not it's not going to matter so i that's why i like Lamin out of this group and i'll tell you what that you know the biggest thing that sticks out to me about Lamin, and by the way Lamin's one of my guys i keep a list on my phone of guys during the fall who stand out when i'm watching college football it was about 60 players right and then i add to the list as we do the pre-draft process but i had Lamin on my list I really liked him, and it, it, exactly what you just said stands out. He's 6'2", 240, ran a 4'8", 640, but he plays faster than that because his instincts are just so good. Yeah. He can get himself where he needs to be. He knows where he needs to be so quick that it looks like he's faster than he is because he makes the adjustments so quickly, and he gets himself in position so quickly. So I wouldn't hate Jeremiah Moon here as the pick. Hansford, I, I wouldn't be against. He's more a guy if they trade down late 6th, early 7th, I think is more the fit. Um, but Nate, again, I, I found Nate Lamon when people thought he wasn't going to get drafted. So I'm all in on Nate Lamon. If you want to pull the uh, PFF board back up. And so now we have, I think we've actually, why don't you pull the, uh, the other board back up? Cause let's see, I think we've pretty much covered everything we want to cover. Right. So we drafted Nate Lamon, right? Yeah. All right. Writing that down. Let's make this last pick and then we can run through the board. Well, so I just, is there anything we wanted to address we haven't addressed? Right. And I, I know think... people say the Patriots don't draft for need. The report from Mike Reese this year is that's kind of going to be the plan. Yeah. The only other thing that I, I could maybe entertain, I don't know what's even available at 258 in the linebacker uh, wide receiver department. I don't know yeah. if you, you, we would consider doubling up it there as well, just because they just don't really have anybody under contract after next year. Uh E, EJ so Perry. No. Let's go through all the positions. Let's have some fun with this. Okay. Uh, I mean, right now we're, we're, we're at 258. Derek King here is not, I mean, I think he's a UDFA, but they met with him. They yeah. met with him. So Derek King is one of the most fascinating players in college football. I thought he was going to win the Heisman last year. Yeah. He was the eighth string quarterback in high school, became the top quarterback recruit in the state of Texas, went to Houston. He was behind, who was it? Greg Ward who was now a wide receiver for the Eagles, was a great quarterback in college, played wide receiver. King did. 
played two years at wide receiver, was pretty good, moved to quarterback, had a record-setting season, got hurt, transferred to Miami, had another great season, got hurt again. Here we are. He's going to be 26 when the season starts. They met with him as a practice squad guy for the scout team. He makes a lot of sense. As a potential wide receiver, he makes a lot of sense. Like you said, I think he goes undrafted. I think the fact they met with him, maybe they can get him in the building. Maybe they already know they can grab him if he doesn't get drafted. Yeah, I mean, I hate the, the whole, oh, well, they did this sort of seventh round Julian Edelman, right, all over again. That's what's going to happen if they take the Eric King here. Right, Everybody's right. going to think he's Julian Edelman. But it, it does it does make sense in that mold, right? It does make sense in that thought process. Right. Of, we don't know where you're going to play necessarily, but we know you're a football player and we'll see what we can do with you. The only other position that I don't think that we've addressed here that we could have potentially addressed was safety. But safety. at this so point, let's, let's, I don't I'm know saying, like, let's, Let's go through all the positions and rapid yeah. fire that we did miss. Caleb Ellaby. Caleb yeah. Ellaby is like the Mac version of Mac Jones. If they're yeah. going to move on from Wherever, Stidham, he's interesting. Right. Yeah. All right. Wide receiver. We're not um, Devin Tom, I, I, you know my deal on Devin Tompkins. Fastest player in the draft, but he's 5'6", 150 pounds. No. No, um, no need. Nobody else. Re- There's some undrafted guys that are interesting. They're not even on the simulator. Tight end. I mean, Connor Hayward's an interesting pick here. We did this last time, didn't we? I think so. Okay. So we'll move on on then. Um, we could take a running back. We could take a pass catching back. Tristan Ebner, my guy, still here. I think at this point you could probably get him as a UDFA, right? So. Probably get him as a UDFA, you're right. Um, I mean, Andrew hey. Huber is a Michigan guy. Yeah. Right. Oh. Vidarian Lowe at this point, I too. Really like Vidarian Lowe. Yeah, Dare Rosenthal is still on the board here as well. I think he's going to be long yeah. gone by now. But there sure. are some interesting tackles. We've already we did we just took uh, Volson though, so we already had we right. already double dipped on offensive linemen. They they've taken multiple offensive linemen in fourteen of twenty two years under Bill. They they might take three. Yeah, none of the guards interest me. Uh, corner, like Jalen Watson's an interest. Like he's the zone corner. So he's he, kind of yeah, a I think he's more of a zone guy. Yeah, he's a I good athlete. He's just really really raw. Yeah, maybe. Again, he's a guy I think they're more comfortable with as UDFA. I don't love any of these safeties. I don't even know any of these guys, honestly. At safety. Yeah, no, we, we missed out on the safeties. All right, um, so. Uh, look, so we're going to go to Davidson. We already took our nose tackle, but he's another one of those yeah. guys. I just want people to see the bottom of the board. How often do you get to see the bottom of the board? Okay. Myron Tagavailoa Amosa. This is to his cousin. <laughs> to his cousin. Yeah, it is. He's the run Get defender you want. He's the run edge defender you want, Evan. He's very raw. He also captain. He's got all the leadership accolades. He's the guy you want. He's the guy you've been talking about. Christopher Allen's another really interesting one. His standout season, Alabama, he had 11, uh, 11 tackles for loss, six sacks. But he only played 16 games in four years. He's hurt all the time. Missed the entire season last year. So those are two guys to know. I'm going to run through this and make you make the pick. Uh, inside linebacker, Josh Ross, but he's a team captain at Michigan. He's a two-down linebacker. He's too small to play downhill in the NFL, but he can play special teams. Again, team captain, Michigan, if we're being the Patriots. And uh, Jordan Stout, I could see it. Punter kicked in the Northeast. They might need a punter. So nope. who do you like? Nope. Who do you Derek like? King. I just ran through all the options. Derek King. Derek King. I think I think to his cousins a better a better bet here. They can get King undrafted. 
All right. I, I'll 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 give in to Tua's cousin or the punter. I, I haven't let you take a punter yet, so I feel like if I get let you take a punter, I'm, then maybe I'm not, I'm not blowing it in this draft. I'm saving that one for Ariza. I think um Odomeo is actually an interesting prospect too, but he's more pressure. I think it would be Tua's cousin or um who's the one other guy? Or Josh, Josh Ross. If we want to double up at middle linebacker, boost special teams, again, Michigan, Captain. All of we're, that. We're taking, they generally we're don't take. To, we're taking two as Notre Dame guys. We're taking two as cousin. All right, we're taking. We're taking two as cousin. Uh, I just want to hang on. Let me look at one thing. I want to make sure this isn't one of those fluke things where he's uh, you're way too late because I'm not entirely sure what his range is. Yeah, people mock him in the sixth or seventh. This feels about right. Okay, maybe a little late, but boy, the NFL hates Tua. Maybe he falls by association. Should I just right. write Tua as cousin in seventh round here? I, I I don't I butcher his his name. I yeah. I know that kind of sounded disrespectful. I was honestly doing that out of respect. Um, I'm gonna have this up. You can just pull up the PFF version in a second here, Evan. All right, here here's here's our draft board. I'm putting to his cousin for the time being because I can't for the life of me type that name out off memory. So Andrew Boot Jr. at the top. I think we just got our JC Jackson CB1 outside corner replacement stud player at Clemson, great ball skills, man, zone, man, match, zone, match, whatever you want to do with him. Andrew Booth Jr. can do it. Go out there, has the athleticism to mirror and match number ones on the outside. Uh, That's the type of guy that the Patriots need, right? That's the one that we're all thinking about. That's the one that we all want Uh, in terms of corners. uh, We get it with Andrew Booth here trying to get this to cooperate. Okay, there we go. Then uh, second round here, we traded back a little bit just to make sure uh, that we got some good value here in the second round. We took John Mechie. I I think John Mechie, to me, makes so much more sense in a post-Devante Parker world where the Patriots no longer need to rush him back from the knee injury, but they still know that they have him in their back pocket. This is the pick that you make to pair Mac Jones with the guy that he loves for the next five to 10 years. This is a long play at this spot. I, I think we had the luxury to do it here uh, based off of some of the offseason things that they've done, uh, like Devontae Parker, like Mac Wilson, like Jabril Peppers, John Mechie. I, I just think that this makes too much sense now that they have some depth at wide receiver that they can ease him into this and bring him on in 2023 in a full-time capacity. In a lot of ways, uh, maybe this means the end of like Jacoby Myers, maybe mo- even more so than Nelson Aguilar, right? You know, just yeah, I would agree with that. Myers also a UDFA at the end of the year, playing on the restricted free agent tender. You look at that and, and you move on there. It certainly would probably mean the net- end from Aguilar at least. Uh, Zach Tom. Well, real quick on Mechie too. The other thing I'd say about that one, I saw a lot of people saying this during the draft, and it's not a horrible point bringing up that Mechie and Bourne. There's a lot of overlap there, and I again. Totally fair point, but I think the thing with players like that is they're so versatile that you could have more than one of them on the field at the same time, right? You can play Mechie in the Neither one of those guys Wes Welker, right? Neither one of those guys needs to play full-time slot. They can both move around. Mechie at Alabama, especially in that Auburn game against Roger McCrary, played a ton on the outside and went up against one of the better cover guys in draft on the outside and did pretty well, especially late in that game. I think Mechie can play inside and outside. I think that when you look at the way they want to build their offense, they want to be, I I think, 
in a lot of ways, a little bit more spread and having a lot of routes, vertical routes out of the slot. I think you're going to see an offense that's going to run multiple guys out of the slot at a time, whether it's three by ones or, you know, having different ways, stacks, bunches, those types of things. I think you're going to have a lot of guys trying to run two way goes, right. Trying to be inside and have the whole field to work with. So, yeah, you know, kind of like you're saying there, I I think you can, you can use them in different ways and, when you, you mentioned Jacoby Myers on a contract year, Nelson Aguilar's on a contract year, in theory, you yeah. come back at the very least, and, and they could realistically add to this, but you come back in 2023 at the very least with Devontae Parker, John Mechie, Kendrick Bourne. That's, right. a, that's a good group. That's a pretty good yeah. group. And, th- and then you'll have money to add to that next year. So right. I, everybody who said, I, I meant to address at the time, everybody who said there was overlap between Mechie and Bourne, you're not wrong but I don't think that that precludes them from taking a guy like John Mechie. I actually think that allows them to get a little more creative offensively. Yeah, no, I, I like that too. Zach, Tom, I, I don't know why they gave us an F for this. They had, on they, his, they don't like linemen. The big board has them at 92. We took them at 91 and PFF F. somehow gives them as gives us an F for a guy that they don't, I'll tell you why. Cause they am listed as a tackle. And in their mind, the Patriots have two starting tackles. We took a player who won't start at 91. That's why it gave us an F. Okay, well, he's going to start at left guard. So right. they, if he's if he's in there at guard, I mean, it still probably gives us a C because it's PFF, but yeah. yeah. So the Patriots, this is what they do, especially at that left guard spot, uh, whether it was Logan Makins, whether it was Joe Tooney, those two guys and Zach Tom, all three of those guys are college tackles that are going to move inside to guard in the NFL. Tom is one of those players. He's also played and taken, he started 37 games at Wake Forest. Tons of, uh, you know, experience, tons of reps at Wake Forest is important on the offensive line. He's also one of those guys that's played all four spots besides center. He can play anywhere on the offensive line, right side, left side, tackle, guard, I think that's the type of guy that they're looking for in that spot. Not necessarily the interior trio versatility like Ted Karras, right? He could play center in either guard spot. I think more importantly in this draft, the tackle guard, I think is something that they're going to look at, especially with Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn's injury risks. They might need to have multiple backups play tackle at some point in the game. I think Tom can play tackle and kick out in a pinch, but most importantly, ideally, a really athletic, a really good starting left guard for the Patriots. I think Tom is one of those guys you plug him in. He could be a guard for his entire rookie contract. And if they want to pay him probably longer than that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. There you go. Marcus Jones. Do you want to, do you want to start? Oh, you wait for me. Yeah. I, I did. I, I, we don't really have any format for this. Um, Marcus Jones. Yeah. So Marcus Jones is a unanimous all American defensive back, by the way, I see people knock him in coverage. All-American, unanimous defensive back. Fantastic uh, ball skills. Yeah, I mean, total Fantastic. ball hawk. I think he had like He's 20 what? interceptions or something like that in college. Yeah, he he had, he had led the, the AAC in pass deflections last year. He was tied for lead, lead in picks. What is, he's like, what, 5'8", 170? He's, he's right? a little bit bigger than that. He's like 5'8", 180, but yeah, he's... Here's the point. If he's slightly bigger, if he if he's like two inches taller and ten pounds heavier, he's a first round pick, and nobody thinks twice about it. Yeah, he's five eight one seventy five. I think five eight one seventy five. They'll bulk him up. They'll get him to one eighty one eighty five. He plays bigger than that. He's a willing tackler. Jonathan Jones in a contract here. We saw what happened late last season when they don't have a starting caliber slot corner. 
I'm not telling you Marcus Jones is going to go play on the outside and man up Stephon Diggs and man up Devontae Adams. You don't need him to. That's why we drafted Andrew Booth. He's going yeah. to play in the slot. Here's what Marcus Jones is going to do. Marcus Jones is going to run step for step with Isaiah McKenzie. Right. Which nobody on the roster could do last year, right? And then on top of all of that, he's got nine career return touchdowns. It's six on kickoffs, three on punts. He had two of each last year. Electric returner. I think it's a bit much, but NFL.com compared him to Dante Hall. I think Dante yeah. Hall is the single greatest kick returner of all time. Hester had a better career. Hall was better at his peak. Again, I think that's extreme, but that's the kind of returner you're talking about. So you fill two needs. You get a tremendous athlete. Everybody's complaining he's too small. A lot of the same people, and I remember some of you in the chat, a lot of you are the same people complaining that they're not fast enough on defense. You're not going to get a 6'4", you know, 250-pound guy that runs a 4'3". They're not drafting Jordan Davis, okay? Marcus Jones gives you the speed on defense. He gives you a potential replacement for John Jones. He's going to help you in a kicking game. No brainer. And and we got him for a little bit of value there. That's probably right in his range, but I wouldn't be surprised if he moves up into the 80s. I think that might be my favorite pick of this whole draft. And I love John Mechie, but that might be my favorite pick of this whole draft. Every single tape that I watched of Marcus Jones, he was just absolutely battling his butt off against somebody, right? I mean, he did not give up any easy completions. He's all over his man. He's got great ball skills, strappy corner, plays man well. You mentioned the return ability. He also had, I I think, quite a few. uh, I have it here. I'll I'll try to scroll down here uh, quickly. 10 catches uh, for 109 yards. Yeah, like, he played he, a little receiver sometimes too. Yeah, they, got they used him on like, receiver. on like those, you know, like a Devin Hester package, right? Like jet sweeps right. and screens and stuff like that. I don't know if the Patriots will necessarily go there. I don't think they necessarily have to, but it's, it's he's natural with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I he's mean, natural it's when he's another, carrying the football. It's another way to make the team um, or, or to imp- have an impact. Obviously, the top 100 guys can make the team. Right. Is another way to make an impact. We have talked about it a lot, and I think it's on everybody's radar to a degree, but the Patriots let Gunnarowski walk. They've been reluctant, I, I think, in the past to put Kyle Duggar back there. They've had Jacoby Myers fill in. They had, let's not ever do this again. They had Nikhil Harry one or two times go back there for punts as well. They need to get a guy that can return punts. It's just they need to, uh, unless they're going to have Duggar or Jabril Peppers back there. Uh, they need somebody that can return punts. I think Marcus Jones comes in and is your day one primary punt returner. And, and I don't think that that's a need that they're going to sleep on a whole lot. I'm not, I'm not, he's going to have better. Contrib- yeah. And kick returner. He's going to have better contributions on defense too. So I'm not saying that he's just a return guy, but that's certainly something that will help them out as well. Yeah. Whoever mentioned Tristan Abner in the chat, by the way, good pull. He could, he could also do that, but we took, yeah. we took Marcus Jones. So he's going to do it. Um, Isaiah Thomas. I kind of said this when we took him, it sounds like a really simple evaluation. It's kind of how I feel about him. He's an edge player. It's probably going to be a linebacker. Like he, he'd be an end in some defenses and outside linebacker and others. I think he's an outside linebacker with the Patriots. What I see is like six, four, two sixty six. He's built like a run defender. But he plays like a pass rusher. Those are generally the guys you can, he's a bit of a project, but those are the guys you can turn into three down players. He can maybe be a Kyle Van Noy replacement kind of guy. He could maybe play that role. He might be a year away, but you patch it for a year, maybe move Josh Uche over the other side. Maybe it's Ronnie Perkins, something like that. I I like his upside. I like his upside. I do. I think he's going to be at the very least a situational pass rusher for you. He'll cover kicks. And in two or three years, he could be a three down 80% usage rate linebacker. 
Yeah, long, long guy, right? Long guy, good strides around the corner, a good length to try to press the pocket. Uh, he rushes the passer the way that they would want somebody to rush the passer. He's right. not a pin. The, he's not Chase Winovich, right? He's not blowing his, his assignment and, and coming on screaming off the edge. He's doing a little bit more of that pocket pushing presence and things like that. So I, I think that that's going to be a, a pick that they're going to look at edge. It's something that I keep on banging the table for. I think it could be even higher than this if they like somebody at better value, but someone that can play that has the girth, that has the size, that has the power uh, in his hands and in his upper body to be able to play strong side edge is going to be important. Thomas is 6'5", 266. So he definitely has the girth and the strength and the size to be able to hold up there. So I think that's a that's a good pull right there. Yeah. Volson, that was all of your picks. I'll let you. I'll Monster, let you big guy, power blocker, right tackle prospect for the Patriots. He doesn't have good range. He does not have great mirroring of pass rushers. But the one thing that I like about this specifically is you have Trent Brown. And last year – a lot of people in the locker room talked about how much they learned from Trent Brown, right? Some of those younger guys picking Trent Brown's brain, studying Trent Brown with uh, studying pass rushers, breaking things down with him, learning technique tricks and things like that. Cordell Volson has a very similar, not quite as big as Trent, but a similar build to Trent Brown, 6'6", uh, 340, uh, 320 pounds. So, really good player to learn from, right? It's basically you couldn't pick a better guy for to mentor Cordell Wilson than Trent Brown. They they're they have a very similar skill set and, and I think that that's going to be a a good mentor for him and and we'll see how it goes, but the Patriots love those power right tackles. They want somebody that can double team, that can move guys off the line of scrimmage, that can be heavy over there. And he certainly can do that. There you go. Hassan Haskins, I, I think a back there makes sense with Damian Harrison, a contract year, and you can never be too deep at that position. Obviously, they lost Brandon Bolden in free agency. 6'2", 229, fall forward running back, doesn't lose yards, doesn't lose the football. He's bowl yeah. ball. They like those guys. He, he's the kind of back they really like. He went to Michigan. Uh, it, it, it makes a ton of sense. Marquand, big dude, 6'2", yeah. 340, and cha- uh, 340 and change. Early down run stopper is going to bully people. I'm kind of flying through these last ones. You tell me if you want to cut no. in. Um, yeah, he's just a block eater. He just absorbs contact, just takes on a bunch of contact. We didn't get the linebacker early on in this in this so draft. Wait, one more thing on Marquand, actually, I meant to say before. Yeah. Last year, a lot of people talked about Devon Godshaw maybe being a bust of a signing. Devon Godshaw played his best football when he was playing on the end, when he's playing three-four yeah. end, right? McCall allows you to play him out there more. Yeah, so when they I, get not only do you get a good backups against some of right. these bigger physical run teams that they will see in the AFC, like Tennessee and the, the teams like that, they can go with that big defensive line of Guy, Godshaw, Mark, and Marquand McCall, and, and you're going to be really difficult to run against. Like it doesn't going to be matter right. Second level, it's going to be hard to move those guys. Yeah, yeah. We so, didn't so. get the linebacker, and and we're going to transition here to Nate Lamman. But my point with the linebacker was. We didn't get the early draft top 100 linebacker, but if you take a guy like McCall later on in the draft or a nose tackle like that, then if you do draft a Kobe Dean, if you do draft a Christian Harris, if you do draft somebody along those lines, you have block eaters on the defensive line, which is going to be critical. So whether the draft breaks down just like this or it doesn't, we, we got McCall there, and I think he's a player that will be on their radar. 
Yep. And then we keep going. Landman. Uh, yeah. And I think he's special. I, I think they'll just love him again. Multi-year captain. He'll cover kicks. Like I could see him. He may never be play linebacker in New England. I could still see him being a success. I could see him coming in, covering kicks for eight, 10 years, basically being Nate Ebner. Like I, I yeah. can, it's totally in his game. I think he could develop into a starting linebacker. Like I truly believe he could. I mean, not a yeah. starting, but like a, a sig- guy who plays significant role. Yeah. But at the very least, I think you get a guy who could be a core special teamer through multiple contracts. And then Myron Tagovailoa, Mosa, Evan wanted a big edge setting run defender. We got a uh, big, I, I want to pull up his size. I don't think we said it before, but we got a potential big rudge setting end defender. Another big uh, chemistry guy, team leader. Yeah. Evan, 6'2", 270, 33-inch arms. He's a player run. So he does. Yeah. So there you go. And, yeah. uh, you know, so if you want to say anything about those guys, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. You, you, you did a good job there. I was going to say, for the first time, us doing this, we actually picked some UDFAs, too. I have the list here. I, I want to tell me if I missed anybody from those conversations we were having at the end. Uh, Derek yeah. King. Treston, uh, Derek King, quarterback wide receiver from Miami. Treston Ebner, running back from Baylor. Linebacker Josh Ross from Michigan. Linebacker Christopher Allen from Alabama. Cornerback Jalen Watson, Washington State. Offensive tackle Vidarian Lowe. Was there anybody else? No, that that's a good list though. I don't know if I don't think Vidarian Lowe is going to make it to UDFA's. But I'll take him off the list then when I put it on Twitter. Yeah, but you're probably right. right. I really like I like your guy, Tristan Ebner. I, I I've come around on running back. Have you watched now. him yet? I, I haven't watched him, but I, I I have watched enough of him to to know kind of what his skill okay. set is. You know, I wouldn't say I I have done a complete study on him, but I'm gonna get to running backs probably right before the draft. That's like kind of the last position I'm gonna tackle. It they need a they're gonna draft a running back, whether it's a guy like Haskins in the big back role. I really like uh, I is it Batty or Beatty? Tyler Beatty from uh was it uh Beatty, yeah. Missouri? Yeah. Uh he I like him too earlier on in the draft that they want to go like last year they took Ramondre in the fourth round. Like it kind of seems like when it starts, right? Uh, James White right. was also a fourth round pick. So it kind of seems like the fourth round, day three is where we start to talk about running backs for the Patriots. I know who we missed from that uh, UDFA list. Jordan Stout, punter, Penn State. Oh, my goodness. Was the other one. So Okay. So the one thing that I feel like we didn't get into in this draft is is the impact front seven player in the top 100, right? We didn't get a linebacker. We didn't get a defensive lineman uh, to move the needle there in the top 100. I think we, we kind of tried to tackle it later on with Thomas and McCall and Landman. So we tried our best to make up for it. That's the one spot that we the board kind of got away from us and we sort of missed. So if there's one pick that I would probably swap out or or wanna try to redo it, it's it's probably Marcus Jones to try to get a linebacker. I like where we got Marcus Jones. I like the player and everything like that. Uh, but the Patriots probably are gonna look at this and and hope that they can get a impact front seven guy in the top 100, right? I, I think that that's still a spot that they have to hit. But all in all, I think this is one of our better ones yet because Booth at 21 is the best player we've drafted so far in any of the mocks, Correct. right? He's he's the most talented player we've gotten so far in a mock. Love Mechie now. I loved him before, but I love him even more now. Zach Tom, day one starter at guard for the Patriots. So I think we got at least two day one starters in Booth and Zach Tom. We got an impact special teamer in Marcus Jones, which will help them out in the third round. And then Mechie is the upside long-term pick. And hopefully that one pans out. So I know uh, 
you might love it. You might hate it, but I think we are realistic here. I think we hit some realistic notes and that's the most important thing. Yeah. This feels like a very Patriots draft, which again is ultimately the goal. So I, they don't really take Notre Dame guys. That would be the one stretch there at the end, but they never taken a Clemson guy either. And we took booth. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I, you know, I, last year was a trend breaking draft and Matt grows back in the driver's seat. So maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's trend breaking again. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how you can be upset about Andrew Booth that he is a fantastic college football player that has great, great, great athleticism and traits. I don't know. I, I think that that's a really good player that there's some volatility with that, with, with the Patriots. Some people love him. Some people hate him as a Patriot fit. I don't know. I, he's a really, really good football player. He's one of my favorite corners in this draft. Stingley is my f- number one sauce is number two. I'm a little bit contrary. And I, I think Andrew Booth Jr. Is the third best corner of the draft. I know a lot of people really like Trent McDuffie. I look at Trent McDuffie and I see a guy that gives up a lot of catches, but makes a lot of tackles. Right. I, I don't know if he has the ball skills and the shutdown ability that Andrew Booth does. A lot of the highlights that you look at with Trent McDuffie are him streaking across the field and making tackles on guys for short gains. Right. I mean, that's good too. Right. It's a good trade to have. He's almost a safety at that point, though, right? I mean, it's it's kind of like a, the Logan Ryan, Jalen Mills conversation, right? Like, it's like, is he a safety? You know, that's kind of where we're going right. with that. Andrew Boot Jr., he's a lockdown corner. He's somebody that you can put over Stephon Diggs. You can put over, uh, you know, Jalen Waddle, and, and he's going to go out there and he's going to go toe-to-toe with the guy. That That's exactly what they want. One other thing, who was the tackle? There was one other tackle you said, oh, is he there? Was it Jatari Carter? No, I don't know. Okay, I, I'm not sure. I have our UDFA list. We don't have any offensive linemen on it. I feel like we should put one on. Oh, I guess, well, Vidarian Lowe is not going to. Right. Gonna I, thought you, I thought you said something about Jatari Carter when we were going through that. Yeah. Do you I even know remember. who that is or no? No. No, it wasn't okay. him. I, I'm trying to remember who, who the tackle is. That you were like, oh, about. he's still there. And it was somebody I didn't recognize. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know who you're talking about. Well, we'll figure it out. But yeah. on uh, let's uh, wrap this up. We've been going for an hour 30 plus. We appreciate everybody for watching, even the people that don't like the draft. It's okay. You don't have to like it. You just have well, to please, accept please it for Josh what it is. What'd you say? Well, please that Josh guy one day. Yeah, right. He was like, well, okay, we'll, like ten minutes before he started wishing death on us this time. Well, we'll we'll try to please some of you that uh, come at us every single time and tell us that the draft is no good. Next week, uh, next Thursday, Alex is actually going to be our five hundredth show. Believe it or not, are you serious? I was going to ask you the other day if we would reached a hundred yet. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's five hundred. I think it's also. Here, let me let me see. I, I maybe yeah, five hundred. No, I mean that doesn't make sense. We do it twice a week. We've been doing it for two no, years. No, it's not not for the two of us. It's Patriots beats five hundredth episode. So oh, okay. going back to Trags running the podcast and all that type of th- stuff too. Patriots beats five hundredth episode. Not just me and Alex, but everybody that's ever been on Patriots beat. That's that's what I was missing there. That's next Thursday when we do mock draft four and on Tuesday, we're going to start talking some previews and we're going to start talking about different things uh, that we're going to look at in terms of positional previews. I want to get some guests on. I keep saying that, but we're going to definitely do that. 
and we're going to get some people on and we're Alex and I are going to break down some positions. Look, we're in the thick of it now, right? We got three weeks to go until the draft. This is the sprint to the finish. This is all draft content from this way out. Unless the Patriots make a trade, make a signing, make something happen. Uh, It's all draft content from here on out until uh, the first round on April 28th. So we're really excited about all that. And we're going to see you guys on Tuesday for a little bit of positional previews. We'll go over some latest Patriots news and buzz. And then next Thursday, mock draft 4.0, where we will try to do better than the first three and make everybody happy. But until then, signing off for Alex Barth, I'm Evan Lazar. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next week.